0: Well, if, if I can start on that, uh, and what I was trying to refer to when I, when I started in Genesis 1 is, 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 is to not get caught on, up in the bifurcation of the body of Christ and the world that he so loved. Because when I go to work on Monday, it is I'm faced with the world that he so loved as a member of the body of Christ. And and so I don't don't keep, in fact, there's another phrase that, that bothers me, is the constant question we give each other as members of the body of Christ when we're talking about someone we're not sure about. Is he or she a believer? And my first question is, so what? He's a person or she's a person that God so loves. And where am I in relating that love as an ambassador of Jesus Christ? Before I say how I categorize that person. And sometimes the process of my categorization isn't gonna be right. No matter what our theology is, we all have to finally recognize that the ultimate answer to that question is God's answer, not mine. And so, you know, that, that's, that's, that, therein lies the tension. I'm thankful for the body of Christ. It nourishes me. It enriches me. But it isn't a defining bifurcation in my life. And um, to give uh, a response on touching that's important for all of us, I got a telephone call today from my pastor. Um, now he's in a retired category, but he's a wonderful man. And You know why he called me? <laughs> he didn't know where I was. He thought I was probably back in Chicago, but it was I myself. He, he heard I was teaching a class up at Wheaton College, and he wanted permission to come, because he he, he's heard about the students reacting to some of my devotions <laughs> relating to faith and work. Uh, and uh, so we had a good conversation. Then when I told him what I was, I was visiting with the, with the faculty uh, here, I, he said, man, he said, I'll pray for you. <laughs> but you know, but, the, but that's, that's that. all of those were there, not because he was a pastor, but because we were fellow brothers Christ, and, and um, so I, I hope I was helpful to you when I, when I was trying to, 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 to bridge that in. As far as the uh, comment you made earlier about the, the shepherd and the sheep, uh, one of the interesting things that I was confronted with in our company was being asked to do funerals for our, peop- for our employees. Who never darkened the door of a church? Uh, to actually be involved in marriages where they didn't know where to go? Um, so, you know, I was getting pretty close to sacerdotal duties without having the <laughs> reverend before my name.
1: Um, well, I'll I tell you, um, you know having grown up in the church, my dad being the pastor and also, um, and being on the business side, you know, sometimes because of the shepherd and the sheep concept, I think, and you know, I heard something last night which I think is great and that you should uh, preach from the pulpit, which is profit is good, right? That concept. I think also, I like to also let you know, think about the concept as church is a business also, right? In the sense that you have to run it efficiently. There's a lot of components of a church that goes beyond just preaching on Sunday mornings. Um, and I think in uh, and, and business, you've got to have not only is there a leader, but you've got to have a lot of people around you that are competent, that have different skill sets. And uh, I really think if in, a, in a church that it functions well, that's where a, a strong layman a group of laymen that have skill sets in different areas could be a great resource for the pastor. And I think a lot of times the pastors don't reach out in that regard. And sometimes the pastors, I think, just reach out and say, Well, I need people to serve. And so whoever wants to serve and all that, and they don't really think about the skill sets. And uh, I think the more the pastors realize that, you know, this is a body of Christ and that there's different people have different gifts, and you want to have the right skill sets and serve on the right committees to help on the right things. I mean, I think that's how you create a strong church. I mean, I, you know, I tell you, the, I talk about uh, my pastor, uh, Jeff Parrish, who, uh, you know, became one of my dearest friends, and as we uh, helped start that church and grow that church. You know, because he knew who I was, he was able to trust the finance side of the, of the church business to me. He was able to focus on the, the preaching and really ministering to the church and really building a staff that can really teach the word and all of that. And we are able to build an organization, which I think was functioning pretty well. And within four or five years, we had grown that from a small group of people to, I think, when I uh, came to the West Coast, he had grown that to almost 3,000 members, right? And, but that he didn't have to worry about the things that he was not gifted in, right? He was able to bring people in. and, And I think that's one of the things that seminary students have to realize. You're not gifted to do everything. And that's just in business, too. I'm not gifted to do everything. If I try to do everything, you can't grow business. I mean, there's no way Bill could have grown a business with 200,000 people, and Bill tried to reach out to every single individual. That just doesn't work. And so I think there is a lot of cross-section where there's cross-pollination. And um, I think it's uh, having people in vocation and understanding that they're just not a pocketbook to support the ministry, but they're truly, their skills are a lot more important than the pocketbook because if the, if I always tell people, if you find where you're passionate and you get involved, everything about you winds up in that spot. I mean, your, your time winds up there, your giving winds up there, just everything. So that's really is the way out, just, you know, I think that's how you gotta integrate the both sides.